Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and today we got a bonus episode, a bonus segment. It is a edition of the Guest Lounge here in the Vault Classic Music Reviews, and I have some very special guests that have stepped to the plate here with me today. But before we get to that, I want to make sure that I thank all the fans out there once again, stateside and worldwide, for all of your support on our host on Red Circle. The numbers continue to be great. Please continue to spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend and get the word out there. We love doing all of this here for you with the Vault Classic Music Reviews. As we say here in the Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics. And today we're going to step out of side of that zone and we're going to talk to two very close friends of mine, guys in the podcast and space that I love what they do. They have a great podcast. They put out great content and we touched base earlier this year and we wanted to make sure we wanted to sit down and have a conversation. They talk about music, pop culture, and a lot of different other things out there. It's Uche and QD, AKA QDZ of the ill-advised wise guys podcast. And so we sat down with the conversation in the guest lounge and here it is. In the guest lounge on the Vault Classic Music Reviews, I have two very special guests. Two gentlemen I've been following for a while here on the podcast circus. They are natives, of course, of my DMV or our DMV because it's us, the three of us, our brothers from across the river. Of course, I want you all to welcome Uche and QD, aka QDZ, from the Ill Advised Wise Guys podcast. Really dope podcast. Connected on Red Circle. We are brethren of Red Circle Podcasting. So, fellas, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Yo, thank you, man. Appreciate you for having us, man. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is this is definitely dope. Definitely dope. Yeah, it is. Um, I, we we linked up earlier this year. Uh, Uche reached out to me through cross promotion platform. We wanted to talk. We wanted to do some cross promotion. We definitely wanted to collaborate. And I checked out you guys' show, man. And obviously, you know, you guys have checked out mine's, and I'm really 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 impressed by the, the content you guys put out um it's an engaging show um you guys have a lot of topics that you cover a lot of it's in music and pop culture and a lot of things hip-hop based which of course on the vault we're very interested in so i'm just glad we had a chance to really chop it up man so i wanted to sit and, and talk to you all and just find out a little bit more about you know what you guys do and and uh chop it up a little bit about you about this music so the first thing i guess i would have to ask is how did the two of you all link up and how did this idea of this podcast, how did it materialize? Man, uh, such a simple question can also be such a loaded question, you know, but I, I'll try it out first, uh, mm-hmm. Q, if you don't mind. So so for me, uh, you know, this is my guy. I've known him for a long time, man. I think, uh, what, second grade or something like that? Like, we kind of go back, back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Place, second, second grade. Kid, you know, like red light, green light, if you know what I mean. Red yeah. light, green light. If you get the, if you get the reference. Uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, we linked up mainly in high school. I want to say we we kind of found out each of us had a, a passion for, for hip hop. Mm-hmm. And um, I started making music. 
he was one of the first people that I really showed my music to. And he was like, yo, that's that's fire. And he was like, yo, I want to make some songs, too. So mm-hmm. we ended up each making songs. We started making music. We, again, developed that passion for music. And then just through that, I think we understood that we really had a different perspective, you know, in analyzing music that many people that we knew didn't really have. Mm-hmm. So having that relationship kind of materialized into us just kind of, you know, keeping in contact and, and me deciding one day, man, we should record this. Like why? What's stopping us from recording this? This kind like we'd be on the phone for like an hour or two, and we'd be like, <laughs> "Damn, that was amazing! That was an amazing convo. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to hear this." Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's really that's really how it happened, man. That's True. really how it yeah, happened. I mean, it, it's it was it's funny because we were in uh, it was really high school where we really like you were saying where we really started to talk about music, and you know people would chime in. People were listening. People would have their opinion. Some people even came back to us and said, yo, because of y'all, we like Cameron. You know, because of (laughs) y'all, like, talking about it in school, Mm -hmm. we like Lil Wayne, you know. But it was really just us just just talking, you know, Mm -hmm. us just, you know, just being boys and and bringing up whatever topic in music was hot at the time. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing about Uch, his story. Uh, It was second grade. Uh, I was jealous of this guy's Sonic the Hedgehog shoes. He had some Sonic the Hedgehog shoes. So we actually started off enemies. <laughs> hey, <laughs> throwback. But they say, keep your, keep your enemies close. He you was hating on my, you, he you was remember hating. that, right? Yeah. And, you do, and remember, you was also hating on my Shaq. Remember the Shaq? Remember Shaq had his own shoes? You did, yeah. You did. I had I had Shaq shoes that, uh, that, that I got from Payless, but we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, yeah, that's you know, that's we just, crazy. We just boys just chilling. Yo, that that th- takes me back right there. The Sonic shoes, the Shaq shoes, and Payless, and it was oh, sort of like, man. yo, people, <laughs> people. When we went to school, if you had them Shaq shoes, people would know those were the Shaqs that was coming from Payless, and you would get cut up on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> back back in the day. That's what. I, that's back, the funny thing. Yo, right? back. No, that's a fact. Back in the day. But it's it's crazy, like, listening to y'all's story in a, that short, like, you know, two or three minute span, we just went through that. Like, the basis of my show came from us sitting at the lunch table in school, talking hip-hop, and mm. being around with my crew and us discussing albums. And we would discuss albums upon albums upon albums. And it's crazy, like, how we think in this new age of content creation, like, podcasting is this new thing, like, just came around in the 21st century, supposedly. But we were doing it mm. Years before this was even a medium, just talking with our friends, yeah. you know, it became for years. So I can definitely get that dynamic by listening to your show, especially the back and forth. I know that y'all have have been around each other for a little bit of time, sort of similar to what it is with me and my co-host. And it helps when you have that dynamic between each other. Ill-advised Wise Guy podcast, those people who aren't familiar with it, tell us how long have y'all been doing it? The topics you all want to talk about, you talked a little bit about that. But how long has the journey been since you guys have started this, uh, doing this content creation? Oh, man, yeah. that started, that yeah, started what, what was it, like four years? Because we, we started out just talking about anything mm-hmm. initially. Any topic yeah. that we felt was uh, relevant to just our culture, like who we are. And then we were like, you know what, let's let's get music focused. And so I believe maybe three years ago, two years ago that we got music focused, Ooch. Yeah, well, so uh, to to take it back even even further, man, the show started 2015 officially. Okay, but yeah. the but the idea for the show started like late 2014, 
when we were we were talking about doing the show, then we started 2015. We were super inconsistent. You know, it took a while to really develop the concept of the show itself. Right. But uh, yeah, man, 2015, man. But then, you know, over the last probably two or three years, we got super consistent. It, it got mainly focused on music reviews, album reviews, you know, re- us really giving our perspective um, at a deeper level on on why we enjoy certain music and why people should, should enjoy music as well. And that's really what it is. So it's been quite a while, man. You know, mm-hmm. I like to talk about, talk about this all the time because, like, man, I, I really feel like I was... I don't want to say I was at the forefront of podcasting, but I firmly remember in 2011, 2010, actually, being in college where some of our professors, Q, I don't know if you even remember this, they actually had podcasts back at VCU. Hmm. Like, as a as more of a, a learning, you know, it was like, hey, if you want to hear extra content, uh, you know, extra material, go check out my podcast on my internal website in the, in the wow. you know, that's how I, that was the first time I had, of course I had heard of a not, podcast. You did not listen to those. <laughs> no, I didn't listen did to listen it, to but <laughs> I didn't listen to it, but I was, but I, I heard about it. And I was like, what the hell is a podcast? And then I started Googling it, found out it was mainly an Apple thing. And then I started kind of going down this rabbit hole of what podcasting actually was. But yeah, yeah the show started officially 2015 though. Yeah. yeah, to kind of to kind of piggyback off, I to be honest with you, I knew nothing about podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like every single thing I know about a podcast, Uche told me. Like I tell Uche all the time. He, I, I'm sure people think I'm joking. I love Dateline. Mm. I love sports. Okay. <laughs> the only podcast I really listened to was First Take. So when people would talk about these okay. other podcasts, yeah, I had no clue about anything. Yeah, he was the one always telling me like, "Oh yeah, you know, this is how podcast works. This is what it's all about." And so the more and more he told me, the more and more I was like, you know, I'm on board. Initially, it's kind of weird because you're on camera, or initially we were on just just speakers and hearing yourself back. Sometimes we talk a little reckless because we forget that we're, we're just talking to each other, but it's being recorded. You're right. <laughs> it's kind of right. weird. It's kind right. of odd. But, you know, as as the years went by and you get more and more practice with it, you, you, you keep doing it more and more. I got more comfortable. But really, Uch deserves his flowers for this podcast because he's the one that pretty much, I want to say dragged me, but he's the one that convinced me that this is something that we could do and we can be really good at it. So I hey, appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thank you. First time I said this to you, man. You deserve Thank you, time. man. You, you wait, you waited till we did a, uh, you know, a nice little feature to tell me that. Right, but, but listen, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Nonetheless. Hey, nah, I didn't tell you how much I paid for those flowers. These are, hey, there's, there's several different price ranges of flowers. Hey man, that's, that's wild. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. That's wild, man. And, it's funny you mentioned that you said y'all were in college and your professors would have podcasts and you see these memes out there that be like, yo, your professor telling you to buy his book is like the 21st century of being like, yo, buy my mixtape fam. So now he's like, yo, for more <laughs> bonus content, yo, new hot shit. Make sure you go check out my podcast. It's crazy how the 21st century has evolved things as we go along, man, especially in higher education. That, man. That's wow. No, nothing is not, not, nothing is new under the sun. They, they, that's what they claim. Is these are all just advanced and evolution of the same concept, right? Yeah. Like that's how things kind of move. But hey, that's true. That's yeah, man. wow, man. Hey, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys since 2015. So that's almost six years. Um, when you're in this content creation journey, there are ups and there are downs. 
You go through highs and you go through lows. Um, I've only been doing my podcast since August 2019. I've been involved with radio since before then. But I've noticed when you get inside the podcast space, and many of y'all know it, you both know it, a lot of people who start this podcast and a content creation journey aren't in it for the long run. As a matter of fact, I was listening to somebody the other day. They said about 70% of people who start podcasts don't make it to episode 10. And, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a grind. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to stick to this, we talked about this, Uche, the other day on the phone. It's, it's a lot that goes into this, you know? So right. what is some of the challenges that you guys run into when it comes to staying consistent with content creation? And when you guys get down, what is it that you kind of use to either motivate each other to be able to keep going? Man, what a question, man. I, you know, no, that was a, that was tough. That was tough, but it, but let me think about this. Cause to be honest with you, it's, it's twofold, you know, you know, let's, let's take a step out of podcasting period. And let's just talk about life in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, podcasting is a derivative of your passions, right? So if you're Mm. passionate about something, the medium is just podcasting, right? Your media, I could, I could choose to be a mechanic, right? Mm. If I'm passionate about being a mechanic, I'm going to go figure out how to make cars in my garage or like see if I can go change my, my man's oil filter, right? Mm. Like I'm going to find a way to actually get my hands on what it is that I'm, that I'm actually um, <clears throat> passionate about. So I just feel like, yes, you're right, man. Pa- uh, podcasting has kind of become, I would say, a, a lick almost for people. They feel like it's a quick hustle. But really, you know, what your podcast is about should mimic the things that you're passionate about. And it just so happens that for us, we're passionate about music. Again, like I said before, I used to be an artist. Like, I legit used to make music. That's why it was easy for me to make that transition on the back end from an editing standpoint, because I already understood audio editing. I already understood how to mix. I already understood how to master things on my own. I already understood vocals. And more importantly, I personally already understood how I sounded on the microphone. Mm. Right. So I was already comfortable. Podcasting was just another medium for an, for me to express myself, honestly. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, my, my answer is, is very simple. Um, I just do the podcast so I won't get fined. Um, hey man, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we have we 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 have we have a board of directors that we need to comply to. Yeah, that's what that's what we're not telling y'all. Do, my no, man, shout, shout out to my man Marshawn Lynch. Y'all know why I'm here. <laughs> y'all know why I'm here. Exactly. Y'all know why I'm here. Yeah. Nah, you know, I think you know it's 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 funny. Um, I think there's a saying that I live by. If something means a lot to you, you would make time for it. And so we do the podcast on the weekend. I can come up with a hundred different excuses. I can say, I got a, I got a root canal. I got to pay my taxes. (laughs) Ooch is somebody that, you know, we got a connection. So there's always that two, three hours where we can do this podcast. And so for me, I'm a no excuse guy. If I can give you two, three hours out of my day, Mm -hmm. I can give it to you. Yeah. You know, and when you when you do something consistently, when you do it, we've been doing it every two weeks for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't do it, you feel bad about yourself. Mm. You start to feel like you kind of failed for that day. So that, mm. that's usually what pushes me. Um right. but I think when you got when we got to about episode 30, I was like, you know what? 
this is probably something that's, I'm going to be doing for a while. Mm, so, right, right, you know, right. This is kind of my mentality, my mindset. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and we're actually on episode, what we just, what, episode 95 is going to come out. I guess when you guys hear this, episode 95 will be out. So wow. we've been doing it for a while, man. We've been doing it for a while. We've been ironing out the kinks, Dude, you know, all nice. the things that, that, that we don't like, we've removed, you know, all the things we do like, we doubled down on it. And, you know, we're here, man. Wow. We're here. And I think, to be honest with you, to be completely honest with you, I think the pandemic definitely makes things easier because mm. before... We would have to meet. We would have to meet up in person and get a, catch a vibe. Sometimes he'll say something that makes me want to slap him in the face. You know, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Now. I can't slap him through the computer. So, yeah, my not that much stress, not that much, you know, yeah. anger, animosity. Yeah. Still hey, you met, so that makes hey, life hey, so hey, much hey, easier. Hey, hey, you remember? Like we used to, we used to meet up to go. I think. We, so we ended up turning a podcast day, recording day, into, like, an outing. So we'd be like, yo, look, we're going to go out to the bar. We're going to go out to the club. But before we do, we're going to record this show and catch a vibe and do all that stuff. And, yeah, you know, sometimes some altercations would happen. But just know, uh, <laughs> nice. I always came out in the victor. You know what I'm saying? That, I just want to point that out. Hey. He got all the battle scars, not me. Yo. <laughs> You're you making it seem like you were flipping tables. Yeah. Like, table. I was flipping them, man. You made me throw a pencil at me. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> wow. Yo, that's interesting point about the pandemic because we were doing a lot of the same thing. Um, when we recorded our podcast, we did it at my kitchen table. Me and my three homeboys, mm-hmm. J.O., D.E.T. Dave, and Cousin Damo. And Damo was also host of the Raw Sex Podcast. Shout out to Damo down in Atlanta now in the Atlanta area. And the pandemic Mm -hmm. and a number of different circumstances forced us to do sort of what you're doing now. We, uh, one of my partners moved out uh, down to down South. Another one moved a little bit further away. And then another one, because the circumstances wasn't really that available, but shoot, pandemic came around. Everybody started using zoom. Then everyone finds out about stuff like Streamyard and, you know, everything else. Zencaster, Riverside, shout out to Riverside, that's what we're using right now. So, but we find that out, you find ways and challenges to be able to still create content. And we find like now, that's almost a predominant way that people are still finding a way to create, especially when you have multiple hosts that aren't living in the same household. But you guys seem to be right. able to pick it up, you know, seamlessly. And and regardless, you're still putting out great content. I've noticed that from your Instagram channel. Um, You guys have put out great content over this last year it's been eye-opening to see that the chemistry and that's what happens when you're together for such a long time y'all have been friends for such a long time that the chemistry continues to meld between the screens as opposed to being there in person because some people can't do unless you're right there in front of them but that just shows the chemistry you know having that chemistry beforehand Mm -hmm. really helps when you're going to, to, to create content let me ask you all this and that goes into this um about topics and production and putting the show together so um you guys talk a lot about music pop culture um i mean i've seen conversations everything about movie soundtracks to albums to uh, topics about artists and where they stand at the game i saw one about sneakers you know so and the sneaker game is crazy especially recently with this news that come out about this nike kid that you know was snatching sneakers from out of everybody's uh, right up underneath their noses 
But that is crazy. I want to talk about con- yeah. <laughs> I want to talk that's a little. That's wild. Yeah, that's hey, isn't it right? You know what I'm saying? Like I know many people that are in the sneaker game that have been into this stuff and have been sitting there watching like Hawk on the on the sneakers app and places like that trying to grab kicks and yo dude who moms work for Nike has been sitting here snatching stuff and got like a locker the size of like a football field full of sneakers. You know what I'm saying? So um, crazy. So. Wow. What goes into how, what topics you guys pick each episode? What's the thought process that goes into what it is you're going to cover every episode you guys have coming up? And does that happen like weeks in advance or does that happen generally the week you guys are going to record the show? Man, it varies, man. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie, man. It, it totally varies. There's some episodes where we plan it out a week out. So normally our process goes, we have show notes that go with each episode, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we try to jot down ideas in advance, if we have something burning all on our chest that we just ha- absolutely have to talk about, mm-hmm. we put that on the on the show notes in advance so we can brew on that a little bit. But then, honestly, other times, we just kind of wing it. I mean, I don't want to say the show is ad-lib because it's not, but we talk about things that only motivate it. Like, we, don't, we choose not to talk about things that we don't have a firm opinion on, mm. right? Like, there's tons of things that we could talk about. But, right. we, but we're just like, man, eh, let's just stick to the things that we actually care to talk about. Mm. And that's really it, honestly. It, it's, yeah, not, it, it's not a whole bunch of thought that goes into it. We just, we just feel like, okay, we have ideas. Do we think the people want to hear these ideas? Yes or no? Mm. If the answer is no, we probably won't talk about it. Got it. Yeah, we've, Very we've, simple. Crossed, we've crossed out so many topics man. in the last couple, of, last couple of years. Like, sometimes Uche would have a topic and I'll be like, I don't feel like talking about that. Honestly, <laughs> I don't have enough content to talk about. And vice, like and vice versa. You know, and, wow. vice and vice versa, versa, right? Sometimes I'm like, man, sometimes I'm just literally like passionate about something. I'm like, man, this person pissed me off when they said such and such. And then when I, when I get to talk to him, he's like, man, nah, like you actually not rational. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, we're, it's so good because we, we both get each other, but then we're both different. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, he brings out different things that he think he's passionate about. I bring out different things I'm passionate about. And we try to meet at the middle a lot of times. And, and when we meet right before the show starts, that's when we're like, okay, let's bring out a couple of these things that we're both passionate about, but then also what the people want to hear. Cause you know, really, we. I love talking to you, Uch. Uh, actually, you know, it's, it's okay uh, <laughs> talking to you. Yo, <laughs> yeah, this I guy. To you, you. You're a comedian today, man. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, man. Man, hey, if this was a stage, I, I might clap. I might just clap, bravo. <laughs> or, or, or if I actually had some like produce, I might. You might hit a. You might have an onion thrown at your head. You know, or it you depends. Might, onion, it depends. Or the tomato thrown at you. Wow. I might make some soup. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, it's mainly. I think we always have to make sure we're thinking about the audience. We're thinking yep. about the people that listen. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure it's a topic that they actually want to hear and our, absolutely hear our opinions about. Yeah. So that's really what's important to me. Indeed. Yeah, and and also to to piggyback on that though, real quick, uh, Brian, if you if you if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the beauty. I think one of the other things about our show is we kind of allow each other to really cook. So there's mm-hmm. there's episodes where <laughs> I'm driving the majority of the topics. Yeah. Right. Like I can't. Like you know. Like he said, when we do our quality assurance, when we're like, okay, what are we gonna talk about? 
maybe the majority of things uh, that we decided to talk about maybe came from me. There's other episodes where it came from him, mm-hmm. right? And there's other episodes where it's it's a mix of both, right? But either way, you know, I think that's also one of the beauties of our show is we we allow each other to cook, you mm-hmm. know, because you you kind of have to do that when when you have a, a a group of people that talk as much as this guy and I do, you know, it's like <laughs> the ideas can't come from one person all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I've carried him enough on so many episodes that it's like, sometimes I got to allow him to, to score a couple baskets. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> Let Q Daisy cut. I hear you. Nah. Every, quarter, every quarterback, every quarterback need a good running back, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey, man. I'll play, I'll play running back. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You need a good, you need a good Go team, it, man. man. You need a good team, and if the the greater the team effort, man, the team wins. And there's some people that just care about stats. Other people care about winning. And, you know, the great thing about stat compilers is that, you know, the numbers is going to look good. But when it comes up in that Hall of Fame convert conversation, right, like uh, figuratively as we're talking, oh, but he ain't win no championships. Oh, but he didn't do this. He didn't do that. Ah, when the team wins and your stats still look good, that's when everybody wins all together, man. So I definitely hear that. And having done a multi-host podcast, hey. I know what that how important that is. Hey Brian, who are you taking shots at, man? You you just took a shot at a basketball player. Come on, give it, give me, give me who you think is a stat stuffer. That <laughs> that yo, that, take your uh, pick, that, man. Take your pick. People think is so amazing. Yo, come take on. your pick. I mean, come on, man. I mean, Harden's one of them, obviously. Russ is another one, and Russ plays for my team now. Ooh, you know, so Russ. You know, yeah, I mean, wizards. but uh, mm. both of them are. Oh, you're with. Oh, okay. You're a wizard. You're a wizards fan as well. Sit, Respect. Sit, okay. Sit, we all. We all are. Team, real quick. Yeah. yeah you know sit, what I mean. Uh, since the since the birth, man. Mm, it's, it's unfortunate. I don't have any tea by me. You know, but it's um. Yeah, man. I mean, they they both stuff <laughs> stats, and they have great numbers, and they both are MVPs, but. If you ask me whether any one of them are going to be the reason why their team wins the championship, I'm going to say no, you know. But, I mean, hey. Mm. But that's okay, though, because some people like Hardens and Westbrooks, you know. And and um, they're good for selling jerseys and all that other good stuff. But, you know, legacy is what I'm into. And I mean that figuratively and literally. So, <laughs> I'm into that figuratively and literally, um, if you know what I'm saying. So, I like that, man. So, we, we, we talk, this show is about classics. The Vault is about classic music. You guys talk a lot about the potential of classics and a lot of the music that comes out today. So, each of you, give me a breakdown about what you would consider when thinking about a particular album and what puts it in the conversation of it being a classic. Mm. Wow. Uh, so just oh, criteria. So just criteria. Yeah, and it's your about, and it's right? your per, and it's your personal Mainly. criteria. I mean, because you know that can vary from person to person. We talk about this a lot. I mean, at the end of my show, we give an album a rating. You know, is it certified classic, borderline, just in its time, or not a classic at all? So, what goes into your mind when it comes to mm. the criteria that puts the album in the conversation of being a classic? Hmm. I appreciate this this question, man. Because to be honest with you, I don't think people put enough stock in criteria. Mm. Like this guy, Q and I have talked on many occasions about the, the absence of criteria in general. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, somebody will come out with their top, you know, you know how it goes at the end of the year, people will be like, yo, here's my top 50 rappers of the year. It's like, okay, but what was, what was you basing this list on? Yeah. You can't just tell me this was the best. No, no, no. What led it into that decision? But you know, that's why we're here. So great question. 
So for me, I think it's a matter of longevity. It's a matter of replay value. It's a matter of impact. Um, mm. I think of a couple albums that that do that for me. And, and by, there's so many, obviously. But I think the one that's part of our generation that I want to highlight is, uh, a, you know, Good Kid, Mad City. Mm. Right? So we know Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar, that, that dropped, I think, 2014. He got snubbed at the Grammys by Macklemore. Still to this day, it makes no sense why he didn't win that, you know, album mm. of the year. But yeah, robbery. I'm not here for that. Robbery. It was it was it was it was a sham, man. Come on, like let's be real, right? <laughs> it, it made it made zero sense. Like it matter, I don't know if you heard this, by the way, and I'm off topic a bit. Macklemore came out recently and said, Hey guys, uh you're right. You everything you were saying about that time was right. That win that I had was based on race. I'm sorry, guys. So we didn't need to hear that from you, Macklemore, but whatever. We do that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, like, obvious, anyway, crafted an obvious statement <laughs> of the decade. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, what are you, grass is green. Yeah, yeah, like, come on. What are you talking about? Uh, thank you for confirming what we already knew. Right. Um, but no, seriously, though, but when it comes to criteria, I feel like it's about longevity. It's about impact. Good Kid, Mad City, to me, uh, had the impact value because, number one, it, it told a story. Right. I'm, I'm big on storytelling. Yeah. Uh, I'm also big on an album coming with the, the multiple components mm-hmm. that make a classic. There are there are components that make up classic bodies of work. You have to have a intro. It doesn't have to be called intro, but the intro has to be gripping. Right. I have to be able to play that album from top to bottom and feel the intro, feel the fact that you in, you interjected, you know, interlude, you, inter, you interjected skits. Uh, I need to hear a, a, a really powerful outro. But overall, I need to hear different type of elements within the body of work on a musicality level. Mm. Uh, again, that makes me, that compels me to come back no matter what. Mm. It's like the album has to be able to not leave my brain, mm. even though it came and went years ago. I have to never be able to forget about it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of albums that exude that. But again, I'm just giving you one, Good Kid, Mad City. Um, that's an undeniable one to me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's my criteria, man. I, I've talked enough. Q, I want to hear what you have to say, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not that, when it comes to classics, I'm not that intricate in terms of uh, the standards of a classic because I, I do think that there's some unorthodox classic albums that come came out before and by unorthodox I mean you would have never you know guessed like this would be a classic like to me DS2 right DS2 is a classic hip-hop album to me because just the way it felt mm-hmm. future was in his bag on that album mm. this is like the best version of future and I think the most important thing for a classic is did they achieve what they were hoping to achieve with the album. Mm. And so a lot of, believe it or not, a lot of people don't achieve what they were hoping to achieve with the album. Mm. And that's why I'm going to say one of my favorite albums is uh, Ready to Die by Biggie. Oh, yeah. Like, in every single aspect of that album, I feel like uh, the person, whoever was behind something, achieved Mm. what they needed to achieve. The messages Biggie wanted to achieve, he achieved that. The uh, production, from a production standpoint, Puff Daddy and the Hitman, they achieved a level of production that was so next level 
We achieved that there. Was Biggie a weirdo on the album? Did he have some <laughs> songs where he had some messages that were like so far above our head? Like there's a song called Suicide Thoughts, Suicidal Thoughts, mm. where it's like, yo, where was this guy's head at that moment? He achieved that. Yeah. There's a level of fearlessness that Biggie showed. He achieved that. So um, really it's just like if you're able to achieve several different things on an album, that to me can qualify it as a classic. And then also sometimes, you know, it's, it's just how it makes you feel. Yeah. Like if an album somehow, some way makes you feel like, like a certain way, I think that you should think about it as a classic to, to you. Cause what really matters is what does it feel to you? Mm. What does it feel to you? Yeah. And so that's kind of where, I don't know if I even gave you a straight answer on that. <laughs> no, you did. No, it's, it's. I think when defining a classic, it's hard to define. Yeah, it is. And I think we have this debate on my show a lot. And we'd go back 20, 25, and 30 years. So we don't even consider albums unless they're at least 20 years old. And I've always kind of felt like you got to let an album breathe a little bit, man. There's so many times people come yeah. out the week an album come out. This is a classic. Like, no, it's <laughs> it's is it exceptional? Yes, it is exceptional. But let's not go shouting out classics. Like as soon as it comes out, you got to let an album breathe. And I think what makes the true classic stand out more than anything else is when we go back 20 years from now. And for us, 20 years is 2001. I remember that time because I was in college. I remember what a lot of the music especially hip-hop and R&B, what they sounded like. And what really, to me, separates one album from the next is, one, has my perspective changed on this album? And if it has, has it changed for the better? At the minimum, it can stay the same, but has it changed for the better? And that's what I think uh, really the true test of a classic can be. I, I'm not one of those folks that comes out and just say, oh, yeah, this is a classic a week after I listen to it. Like, I just missed some albums I listened to one week, and three weeks later, I'm not listening to it anymore. You know? Um, it's just that yeah. just that simple. It's sort of like the the society and also the industry that we, we live in nowadays. I, I wanted to talk about this particular topic, though, related to that. <laughs> and this was a topic that I saw that is actually one of the hotly contested topics that when I'm on hip-hop Twitter or out in the circles out there, Y'all were talking about Kendrick Lamar. Y'all talked about Good Kid, Mad City. Y'all were talking about To Pimp a Butterfly. Okay? Now, mm. for my mm. money, for my money, I honestly think, and when we do, I did one of these lists at the end of the decade, from 2010 to 2019, when I said I put it to my top 10 albums, hip-hop albums um, of the decade, and I said that Kendrick had three of the top 10, to me, you know? Um, Kendrick actually is out of the Sheesh. new school of artists. I thought he was, I think he's actually, he's my favorite, actually. And I think he's one of the best um, for everything that he does. Not just lyrics, not just flow, not just concept, mastery of artistry. And to me, that's why I think I love To Pimp a Butterfly. That was my top album between 2010 and 2019. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. That beat out My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye, which I put at number two for the decade. But y'all had an interesting Mm. conversation around that. One of you seem to think that it's worthy of classic status. The other one does not. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a really interesting conversation. Um, just a, a real quick recap about that conversation. Um, I feel a certain way about it, but I wanted you guys to sort of recap that. And folks, go check out that, that, the, the episode where they talked about that. It's really, really dope conversation and a great different of, of opinions. But just give us a quick breakdown how each of y'all feel on that particular album. I wanted to make sure I touched on that. <laughs> well, I'm going to um, tweak what you said a little bit. Okay. One person felt it was a classic album. Mm-hmm. And the other, that same person felt like the person that said it wasn't a classic album was crazy. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of the no, lines I, that he said no. was that he thought that, that the other person was smoking the finest of crack. So, you know, <laughs> if I remember correctly. I think that's what I said. Did yeah. I say that? You did. That's you, not like something I would that's not like something I would say I to think, him. I think I said you were I think he said you were on something. I said you were on something. Yeah, you know, so, I said, so, said that. So 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 to I guess to recall what I said or how I felt in that moment, I want to be very clear because this this is clearly a hot button topic. Very clear. We were talking about undeniable classics. And borderline classics, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So this is very similar to I think Brian, what you said, you and you, you know, you do on your show. You say mm-hmm. there's like there's tears, right? Yeah. There is borderline. There's this. There's that. That's what that's the conversation we were having. Yeah. And it I was. personally felt that to pimp a butterfly is a borderline classic. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I said. Okay. To be very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I said that because. Uh, Man, I spent a lot of time with the album as everyone else has, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not about to sit here and be like, I heard it more than y'all. Yeah. Like, it resonates how it resonates. Of course, yeah. Um, but what I but what I will say is that uh the album overall to me, in the grand scheme of things, when we look back at it, I completely understand how transcendent the message. Mm. Kendrick was coming with in terms of what he was trying to say mm. uh, for black people. And he, I mean, some of the messages that he was saying on the album will apply 50 years from now, if you're really asking me, yeah. right? 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you name the number, insert number, it will still apply to the struggle of black people mm. as long as people are still oppressed. However, Word. I just feel like there were not enough songs consistent songs throughout the record Mm. that grabbed me enough to deem this album as classic. Now, Mm. what I also said in that, in that, when I also said in my take was that, um, that was his most, 
and I think Q, you echoed this. I don't remember who said it, but we agreed on this. Was that was his most important album? True. It's his True. most important. It's his more like it meant the most out of anything he's ever put out. That's that was that's what meant the most. But to me, just because you're out, that's just because that's the project that meant the most. That does not automatically mean it is better from a musical standpoint. And also, let's not fit, let's not act like the other albums he put out don't mean anything as well, right? I get it, guys. This is my personal opinion. I just sure. feel like the music itself was not as strong on its own. When we look back at it, the songs were not as strong as they were on Good Kid. They were not as strong as they were on that album. That's just how I feel. Sure. That's how I feel. No so doubt. I think it's a borderline classic. I didn't say it's garbage. I didn't say oh, it's nah, trash. Oh, nah, 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 not at all. No, I said it's borderline, borderline. which means yeah. like there might be days where I feel like it is, and there's days where I'm like, nah. You don't. You don't. Very, very similar to very similar to the conversation people have about Drake, whether Drake has a classic or not, right? Mm. And there's certain people who feel like Drake doesn't have a classic at all, period. No mm-hmm. questions to even be asked. And there's other people who are like, what are you talking about? If you're reading this, it's too late, is a classic. And also, Take Care is a classic. This is what I'm just telling you. This is what the sure. argument people are saying mm-hmm. out yeah, there yeah, in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a matter of opinion. That's how I feel, man. Go True. ahead and tell me no I'm doubt. crazy and I'm nah. smoking drugs. Please. Nah, you, you're you entitled to your opinion. It's um, I've heard people say that the album was trash, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, y'all didn't say that. Whoa, whoa. I know people. I know people out there who have said that they thought that the Pimper Butterfly was trash. But, you know. Woo! And, and Q. Well, you know, blasphemy. Yeah, and, and Q, your, your Pooch, take I'm on it. Which I'm going to use your it. favorite word. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Which I'm going to use your favorite word. Respectfully. You are crazy. <laughs> no, for, first and foremost, before like before I say anything about to pimp a butterfly, we it's undeniable that Good Kid, Bad City is an A. Mm. To pimp a butterfly is an A. Mm-hmm. Damn is an A. Mm-hmm. All three are good. Yeah. And um, in my opinion, the album that I bumped the most was Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. Like Uch said, there's mad hits. Yes. Dope ass songs on there. Mm-hmm. And then damn, damn has a whole bunch of hits. I, I feel like Kendrick Lamar was swinging for the fences when it comes to making hits on damn. Like yeah. he has all kinds. But to me, I think his most impressive, his best, his most artistic mm. body of work is to pimp a butterfly. And to me, when you look at it from that standpoint, because a lot of people forget that music is an art. Yeah. Music is a form of art. And you can't walk away from To Pimp a Butterfly not blown away with Kendrick Lamar's artistic, just what he showed as an artist, what he showed as um, an activist, what he showed as a storyteller, Mm. what he showed production-wise, how he made albums, uh, how he made the album flow, how he made, uh, how he sacrificed certain he sacrificed, Kendrick Lamar can spit bars with the best of them, but he sacrificed his ability to spit bars to tell stories. Yeah. Like there's some stories where he's talking to a homeless person. Like when you look at it from a standpoint, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, with somebody, I was driving in a car going to New York with somebody and I said, you know what? They didn't listen to, to Pimp a Butterfly uh, yet. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make you listen to it from start to finish Mm. when we drive to New York. By the time we got to the end of it, they started crying. Mm. This is a fact. They started to tear up. They started crying. 
because the album was that powerful yeah to them yeah it hit a core with them and so that's which is not i don't think which is wrong because even I, I tell uche this all the time too um i actually think my dark twisted fantasy my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by kanye is the best hip-hop album i've ever heard in my life it's the best hip-hop album i've ever heard in my life but it's not hey. my favorite album okay. by Kanye. I had it's not my favorite. Remember, I had to. If you not to cut you, off, I just want to interject. Remember, if you remember properly, I had to beat that into you at <laughs> one point. That my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Remember, we were talking about Kanye's discography. We had a a hell of a debate, a real one, mm-hmm. and I was trying to tell you my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is so important in his discography from a musical standpoint. You need to put some respect on his name. And it sounds like you have at this point. uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, this is what, 10 years ago? I mean, (laughs) like I said, it's it's not not my favorite Kanye album. Like I think, believe it or not, Graduation is my favorite Kanye album. But it's when you look at it from the standpoint of production-wise, when you look at it from the standpoint of how it flows, what he was able to show as a producer and artist, as a rapper, and sometimes as a curator, as somebody that could put people together, and make them succeed on songs. Like, I just think that it was, it was great. So I don't think Uche you're wrong per se, but I, I just think that you are forgetting about the impact, everything else about the album to pimp a butterfly had. Hmm. Yeah. In my opinion. Hey, I, I don't think I'm forgetting anything. I, I just feel like that's my opinion, man. Yeah, it it's is. Really, it's, that, it's that simple, bro. Like, I'm yeah. not, I, yo, I did exactly true. what you did. I remember the story you just that's told. True. You told me that personally. I went on long road trips. I played it for my significant other. She heard, she had never heard the album. I played it for her. I listened to it again. Mm-hmm. I've listened to the album so many times and I, and I love it. And, and I just, this is just how I feel, man. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, you know what? Like you're not playing that album on you're not playing that album on like a pregame. Like nah. y'all ain't about to pregame nah, nah, nah. listening to uh, <laughs> uh what's my nah, soul nah. hurts? What was it what was the song called? <laughs> you know, you're not pregaming Just to like these walls could talk. I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're not pregaming to these walls could talk, but not like, at all. From a standpoint, it's it's amazing. It's an yeah. amazing album. Yeah, I, I got to get y'all on for a bonus segment of Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke, man, because I feel like we could have a segment about this discussion, about comparison of albums just in it by itself. But both of you are right. Either one of you are wrong. You're both right when it comes to that. I find the Good Kid, Mad City, to Pimp a Butterfly discussion is a lot like to me about the D'Angelo Brown Sugar and Voodoo discussion. Um, people, you know, mm. if you're familiar with both of those works, um, mm. there are some people that believe that Brown Sugar is better than a better album than Voodoo. They're wrong, at least in my opinion. <laughs> but um, like to me, when I put it in those that, those contexts, I think Good Kid, Mad City was the better hip hop album. To Pimp a Butterfly was the better music and artistic album, and it really went beyond just the genre of hip hop. It it blended so many different genres together, and that's the way I look at Voodoo. Voodoo, by the way, of any album of the last thirty years that has come out, is my favorite album during that period. Um, I think what wow. the, the work that D'Angelo did on that album was so it was definitely ambitious musically what he did and what he was trying to do. As you talked about, Q, what you attempt to accomplish during an album he set out to do. Um, it was a completely different album from Brown Sugar. Um, it stretched the limits of genres. You didn't know whether it was jazz, whether it was soul, whether it was funk, whether it was R&B, but it was all of those things together. 
And to me, that's why I thought mm. what a superior work than Brown Sugar was. A Brown Sugar was an incredible album. But some people think it's better. I don't, I'm not one of them, but, you know, hey, that's a discussion that I like to have because I think those discussions are important to have when you're comparing the great works of a particular artist that has put out a number of great works and great music. And Kendrick is on that wavelength. D'Angelo's on that wavelength. Artists like, to me, Maxwell, you talk about Nas, you talk about Jay-Z. Um, to go back in the older days, you could talk about artists like Ice Cube or Public Enemy, you know, um, during the golden era, age of hip-hop, which is the late 80s to the early yep. 90s. So I definitely would love to have y'all on for Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke, just so that we can discuss this topic oh, of comparison, comparing <laughs> artists in their works. Because we've had three different discussions in this little time period, 10 minutes we've been talking about it. About D'Angelo, Kanye, and uh, and Kendrick Lamar. Um, yeah. I think both of y'all are wrong when it comes to Kanye, but let's save that for that discussion. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I would love to have that combo there. I would yeah. love to have it. No Man. doubt. So, um, so I got I got a scenario. Both of you, you have a dream interview you can have for the Ill-Advised Wise Guy podcast. A guest to come on to do a dream interview. Who is that person? And why? And then what's the first question that you ask them? Ooh. Wow. Anybody. You could pick anyone. Is, it, is, is this living and dead? Does it matter? Well, we'll have to say living. Um, we'll say living. Living? Yeah, because you got to have them on the podcast, and we can't, you know, from the ether. Wish we could, but we can't. <laughs> that would be dope if we could, Sheesh, though. Man. It yeah, would be amazing be, you know, if we could. You know, they get a hologram. You know? I was just about to say they do do holograms. These days. You know, the <laughs> technology is very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Okay, okay. So living, Man. living. Who would it be? And if it would be dead, who would you pick? Someone who was dead that you could interview for your podcast. Mm. I'll be honest. Uh, I'll start with dead because I can't think of somebody living off the top right now. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be super random, by the way, guys. Fela Kuti. Mm. Mm. Okay. I would love Good to one. interview Fela Kuti mainly because he is Nigerian just like I am. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Also like, like Quincy is as well. And just how he was able to blend music with activism. Similar to the conversation we were just having about uh, what Kendrick Lamar did on to Pimple Butterfly. Absolutely. But, uh, without without comparing Kendrick's struggle, I don't want to make it seem like he's hasn't done anything. To be very clear, Fela Kuti was a revolutionary mm. figure. Yes, um, and his music was just it just was so much. I would say stretched so many more boundaries. But so I was just asking, man, you know why? What, like what what made you what made you even have the audacity? Mm. You know to challenge. The system that like he was doing you know yeah. like that was just very intriguing to me honestly wow um very cool that's a good one yeah man, man. uh that's a while good I, one while, while yeah while i think of somebody living q do you have do you have somebody you think of somebody that died no yeah, no no just, think, just anybody okay I'm, I'm gonna start with the, the somebody that somebody that has that's passed away uh i would i would interview Jimi hendrix mm. i think Jimi hendrix was so ahead of his time at the time like he was a black guy in what was it sixties doing like rock and roll. Like not not no alternative rock. Like we're talking like hardcore serious rock and roll. 
And I'm curious to know his back. I would be curious to know his background. What made you go into that? How do you feel like in this day and age, tapping into what is historically a white, well, not super historically, you know, black people started rock and roll, but, but something that at that time there you go. was like white people really loved you. Like, you know, and, and he died young. And so I feel like he, we never got a chance to fully know exactly who he was. Hmm. And there wasn't podcasts at the time, so you didn't get a chance to pick his brain. So uh, Jimi Hendrix is one person. Um, for real, for real, Obama. For me, if if <laughs> if I ever got a chance to to talk to Barack Obama, I know this is not music related, yeah. but you know I don't have many role models. I think really is just my father. And Barack Obama is the closest thing to a role model to me where I look at him and I'm like, man, like you just seem like that dude. So I would love to talk to him. Uh, He seems like somebody that's real cool, real laid back and somebody that just knows a lot about everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he knows about music, knows about sports like that. I think that would be a dream come true for me. Nice. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So, man. I got a lot of people that I want to talk to. I would say, but dream though. One one person I'll just throw in here real quick is probably Magic Johnson. Mm. And um, mm. the reason I want to talk to Magic Johnson is because I, I just feel like, number one, I didn't grow up during his heyday, right? So I feel like a lot of what he would tell me um, would either confirm or I should say deny some of the stories that I've seen in documentaries, movies, and so on and so forth about his life. But just how he was somebody who grew up in Michigan. And really, I would say at the time, he was at the forefront of revolutionizing the point guard position Mm. Um, and how a lot of careers were kind of spawned from the prototype that he was in basketball. And then furthermore, just learning his story, the man caught AIDS and how he's lived this long and how... He's now a successful and thriving businessman that I think that yes. people don't really tap into and really talk about. Like, I would love to talk to Magic Johnson about yeah. just, you know, how, how he's been able to accomplish some of the things he's been able to accomplish, honestly. Awesome. Interesting. Yeah. You guys have picked four very transcendent personalities um, that to interview. That's awesome. I mean, each one of those individuals, like you said, or groundbreaking uh, were transcend throughout many different areas of society. And um, interesting choice Um, for my money, uh, hip hop wise, if I were to interview someone dead, obviously to me, it will be Tupac. And um, I've done two Tupac reviews. I've done me against the world and all eyes on me. I got another one coming up with Machiavelli later on this year, Uh, listening to his and watching his interviews it's almost like to me, I, it's like when he's talking, I can't turn away, you know, um, because it isn't just like the theatric that you saw, you know, him acting crazy. When you sit down and listen and heard Tupac speak, it, you were hearing more than just something that this is not just the ordinary, you know, superstar, number one, uh, top of the billboard rap charts, rap artist. You were talking to a guy who right. was thinking 20 and 30 years ahead, you know, thinking mm-hmm. of 20 and 30 years behind him. That would be one. Another person uh, living that I would want to interview would be two. One would be KRS-One, obviously, because he has more hip-hop knowledge than anybody could ever forget. Um, 
know, he see, you know, he, 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 right he can forget. He's forgotten more about hip hop than me and probably 20 of the people that I know the most about hip hop in my circle have ever known. <laughs> um, and another person I would love to talk to because my show does do stuff on reggae is Buju Bantan. His story mm-hmm. has been crazy over wow. this last like 20, 30 years, man. And not just to talk yeah. about his career from before he was in prison, but what he's gone through since he's been out and is now come back onto the music scene. So definitely great choices, fellas. Before we wrap up, got a couple of more questions. Now, I do notice that before you guys were in the pandemic, I noticed that, you know, one of your reels, I was looking and saw that you guys did a live show. Um, Tell me a little bit about how that experience of that live show was. And, you know, considering that things clear up with this pandemic, are you guys planning on going out and doing more live shows? Man, absolutely, man. Uh, we would love to to do some live shows uh, in the future when things open back up. But yeah, that that was a dope experience, man. That was about a year ago, uh, about a year ago, I say that, and uh, it was out in DC. My fiance and her friends they organized the whole event. It was actually an event that was a it was a creative networking event mm-hmm. um, where a bunch of creatives from the whole DMV area came in. Whether you're a podcaster, whether you're an artist, whether you're a writer, it doesn't matter what you are. It was a dope experience for people to, you know, link up, communicate. There were vendors there selling food. Mm. You know, it was cool. And then we ended up performing. Uh, but it was it was really dope to be in front of people, to really get that reinforcement in real time. Like, that's mm. that's something that, like, it was completely new at that time. And I feel like, uh, you know, that's definitely something I want to continue to do, man. Because, you know, it's an extension of what we do online, right? Like, it's it's cool to get delayed feedback. We're grateful for everybody that tunes into our show and hits us up and tells us how cool we are and or how stupid we are. <laughs> Trust me, we get a lot of that, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, there's nothing like that instant reaction, you know, that we would get from a crowd. So, yeah, I would love to do that again, man, when things cool. open back up. Cool. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, I don't know if y'all failed interviews uh right out of college like i used to fail interviews religiously i had no clue (laughs) i had no clue how to answer simple questions right i remember one of the first questions somebody asked me was how much do you want to get paid for this job i didn't even know i was like I don't know, four thousand dollars a year. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Quick. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about or doing. And so um uh, uh even mm. you know, you know, my favorite question in an interview is what's your strengths and what's your weaknesses? That's oh, the dumbest man. question I ever. I'm really so is. nervous when they ask me that question. I yeah. hate that question. Now I got better. I got better. You know what I say? My strength is I work too hard. And my weakness is I work too hard. <laughs> man, if you don't, man, listen, if I was an employer and you told me that, man, I would escort you out the building immediately. <laughs> but, uh, immediately. Hey. I, that's a, hey, it's cover. I mean, that's I'd be wild. like, this guy, get this guy out of here. I've because heard that you, 20 times hey, before. Hey, you can't say something. Who would you would you actually say something bad is your weakness? Yeah, my weakness is I don't work hard, man. I'm selfish. That's my weakness. Yeah. Now you gotta say something that's like not really a weakness. No, nah, I understand. It's like what a strength, but you twist it. I'm messing with but you. But the reason I say that, the reason I say that about the interview thing is that um I, I was not somebody that was confident talking to people as much. And so when I was able to do that live show in front of all these people. Mm. That was like one of the first times I was the center of attention. A whole bunch of people looking at me. I'm looking at them. 
And I felt super confident. And that's when I said to myself, yo, we really going to take off. Yeah. We really going to go to that next level. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing tours soon. We're going to be on TV. I'm comfortable. This yeah. is this is something that that's scary for the game. That's yeah. scary for the game. I'm comfortable <laughs> like doing this. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the one yeah. thing I learned about exactly. this live performance. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's 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 a good point, man. Because you know, hey, honestly, and you, we talked about the, our transition into video during the pandemic, but even that was a transition. Yeah. Going from in person. To, be, to figuring out how to talk to each other through a computer, but still keep the same energy that we had. Like for a while, it was, it didn't feel the same. Yeah. I want to say I that. I found myself, I found myself looking at myself in the, in the video screen, not even paying attention. Like, damn, I look sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. What are we talking about? We talking about, we talking about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> hey, what the Kendrick hell? God, that's wild, man. Y'all, that's oh, wild. God. This guy's wild, man. Yeah. Yo, so yo, this has been this has been a dope conversation, man. But you know, before we for good and wrap things up, uh, I do want to ask, man. Y'all talked a little bit about in your generation. Every generation has its classics, man. Y'all talked about a couple of them, but name a few other, man. Just a couple of you want to name, like maybe three others that you all consider classics of your generation. Go ahead and run them down for me. Ooh, I'm a classics of the generation. Let me bro. start this off. Go ahead, man. This list. You got them at the tip of your tongue. Uh, it sounds like. Go ahead. Illmatic. No, he said our generation. Oh, our generation. Is that is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, if, I, if, I, if that's I you? yo, yeah, of our generation, of your generation, you know, what I'm saying, me considering in your lifetime, from when you've been able to comprehend and listen to music to now, just what do you consider okay. the okay. classics of your generation? Okay, okay. Classic. So does Illmatic count? Yeah. Well, of hey. course it does. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> hey, it's up to you. It's up to you, okay. man. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So Illmatic. The Blueprint mm. by Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. That's a classic to me. You you said Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube has a classic, The Predator. Mm. I think that's a classic album. Yeah. With his purpose and 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 he was in his bag on that one. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. You know what's a classic to me? This this might be a little controversial for y'all. I think uh Rick Ross, Teflon Dawn is borderline a classic. I we may have to give it like one, two more years, mm. but that's one of my favorite albums of all time in hip hop. Mm. So that's that's like four or five I can give you. Okay, what's up? Interesting, what, what a- inter- interesting list, man. Um, so I'm a, I'm probably gonna go a little bit more new school, even though I know for you you keep it at a 20 year minimum. Yeah, no to, worries. To deem something as classic, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and preemptively call some things classics that I really feel. Um, okay. So I think uh, we already talked about Kendrick, so I'm not gonna discuss his discography. But um, going back to Drake, though, I firmly believe if you're reading this too late, mm-hmm. is a classic album. I know there was a lot of controversy with that album, but still, I feel like it deserves to be mentioned. And I think when we look back, we're going to look at that was probably, if not arguably, Drake's strongest project. But just it stands the test. I think it's going to stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, J. Cole has a has a classic in, under his belt which is Forest Hills Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. That's and I, and I may be a little biased there. I will acknowledge that because Jay Cole is my favorite rapper of all time. He mm. he's, he's the rapper that kind of resonated with me the most when I was in college and I really feel like this man um has another level that he can get to. Mm. 
But I do feel like Forest Hills Drive is a classic okay. album. Kanye West, if, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, obviously, Graduation is a classic, uh, in my opinion. I say obviously from through my lens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, th- th- those are those are some of the can't guys, man. About, can't forget about Carter too. Yeah, so I was gonna, I, 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 I was gonna throw, music, I was gonna Carter throw three. Wayne. I was gonna say Dedication right. Two. I know, I know we haven't talked about mixtapes. We've been talking about mm. albums. Yeah, okay. But I want to give some love to the mixtape era. Sure. Wayne yeah. Dedication 2 was a, it is a classic mixtape to me. Mm. Oh, classic. we forgetting one. We, for, we forgetting one. Daytona, Pusha T. That to me is a, that's mm. a okay. undeniable classic to me. Daytona, Daytona, Daytona okay. Fantastic. It was it, it was phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, Daytona has some potential. May, may have a classic. They, they, Daytona you know? is in the conversation to me. I'm not mm. sure. I'm not sure where it stands, but it's definitely in the convo. Mm. Yeah. Oops, don't you think that Jay Electronica album was a classic? That was, wasn't Jay Electronica with Jay Z. That was uh, a classic. How, how can uh, I how can I say testimony? <laughs> how can I say this as clearly as uh, possible? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. I'm not. I wasn't feeling that joint too, man. For a dude to no, definitely, for a dude to I'll, definitely I'll come, what? For him to definitely come out of a, come wait, out wait. with an album. Nah, I wasn't feeling that joint. You know, I'm like, yo, come on, Jay. Yo, Brian. Yo, Brian. 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 What's up? W- on that, uh, what was the segment you said? You said cigarettes. Would you? I don't smoke cigs, but would you Ca- say cards, cigars, dominoes, cards, and what now? Cards, dominoes, drinks, and smoke. Yeah. There you go. We don't need to talk about that that Jay Electronica one because yeah. Q and I have been debating this since it dropped. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into it right now, but just know, nah. Yeah, I don't like what he did, and I don't like the fact that Jay had to had to show him up. I'm sorry, he did. Jay showed him up. Yeah, on his debut, he did, and it's so disappointing for those of us who were waiting yeah. for something for more than a decade from that dude man to come out with something like that. But we could talk about that at a different time. I definitely feel y'all. Man, so look, I want to give y'all a chance to, um, you know, shout out your podcast. Let everybody know where they can find it, when y'all drop new episodes, how often y'all drop new episodes, and how they can find you on social media. Man, all right, I'll start. So you can follow me on Twitter, U-C-H-A-Y. Actually, it's that on all platforms. Uh, That's my personal Twitter. You can catch me talking ridiculous, saying things that are probably deemed as disrespectful, but that's how I really feel. Uh... (laughs) Hey man, listen. I'm a, I'm gonna keep going until they cancel me. I'm just I'm just like you know, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> oh man, be careful. They might no, they. but uh, so follow the podcast though. Like we talk about, uh, they actually might cancel. Listen, listen. I knocked on wood. You know mm-hmm. when you knock on wood, it it it, it reverses. All yeah, that, you yeah. Know yeah I've, so I've, I've heard. No? Yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> you had to knock on a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> no, seriously though, follow the show, man. We we drop episodes every two weeks. Uh, so bi-weekly every Monday, 11.30 a.m. on every platform you listen to podcasts, including YouTube, if you do do video. So, yeah, man, check us out, man. If you if you like music, uh, if you like music reviews, you like to keep up with music topics, whether it's about indie artists, which we didn't also, we didn't talk about that because that's also part of our show. Mm-hmm. We like to show a lot of love to the indie artists because um, that that is a community that I feel like is doesn't get enough credit there are some phenomenal artists that nobody knows about. Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That that we feel like we just need to highlight a little bit. So yeah. Check us out. You'll Indeed. find us talking yeah. about reviews of their of, of their music. But yeah, go ahead. Yes, sir. And you can follow me on, on QDZ Q 
QDZ for Sheezy on Twitter and Instagram is the same. Um, also, I, I have a, a site, Ratings Game Music, where we talk about every single song that came out, every single album that came out. I do a lot of writing on it. So you can check me out on there also. And like you said, man, like Ill-Advised Wise Guys, it's a very, very fun podcast to do. We hope that you guys find us funny. We hope that you guys find us insightful. And uh, we're just going to keep doing it until, uh, not until they cancel us, because that's very realistic. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm joking. <laughs> joking. Edit, edit, edit. That's where you're supposed to edit. Edit. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, look. Fellas, it's been great, man. Um, I really appreciate y'all coming on to the guest lounge again. Um, thank you for sharing everything here. Um, thank you for sharing your stuff with our listeners. Everyone, please make sure you go check out the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast. Follow Uche. Follow QDZ. Check these guys out, man. They got a dope platform. And they put out some dope content, man. So, fellas, again, thank y'all for coming on. And, um, and we'll definitely see y'all back here in the vault once again. Oh, yes, for sure. Absolutely, man. I can't wait, man. And shout out to your audience as well, man. Definitely. The music review community is, is very tight-knit. Yes, sir. Let's stick together, man. Yes, we sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out, man. Shout out to you, Brian. And so there you have it. Uche and QD from the Ill-Advised Wise Guy podcast. Please make sure you go check that out, guys. Awesome, awesome podcast. They put out great content. Make sure you're following them on all the social media channels they just mentioned at the end of the show. Make sure you go follow them and check them out, man. We're definitely going to have them back here in the vault for another bonus episode and maybe a review or two. But I love that conversation. It was a great conversation and really entertaining. I wish those guys the best, and they definitely did a great job here in the vault today. Can't wait to talk to them again. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault. Please make sure you check us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the Vault Classic Music Reviews on any of our streaming sources. If you go to the bio on any of our social media pages, you'll find the link to our link tree. There you can get to all of our streaming sources and also all of our social media pages. You can follow the Vault on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic, and on Facebook and YouTube, you can search the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the Facebook page, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, I'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.